This is the podcast for Indelible, the documentary film in progress for the week of September 16th, 2016. The Father's Compass. The FBI documents I received last week included statements by a priest named Father Bay, who worked as a chaplain at Walla Walla State Penitentiary during the years 1979, 1980, and 1981. At least those are the ones that I was able to document. It was the July 8, 1979 riot when prisoners were beaten by guards and Carl Harp was first raped that the FBI documents discussed. I think um, in the last podcast I said that the riot occurred on July um, 9th, but uh, on further uh, review it was July 8th, 1979. I decided to do more research on Father Bay as his statements about the prisoners' injuries were compelling, as were his statements saying he feared he might lose his job for accurately describing the prisoners' injuries. He expressed anger at other prison employees for their unwillingness to accurately describe the inmates' injuries. I admired his stand on these issues and his willingness to take a personal risk in order to stand by the facts, rather than redesign the facts to fit the needs of authorities who might benefit him in his profession. John Bosch said the inmates trusted Father Bay. He told me that last week. On further research, I learned a little bit more about him. Father Bay did indeed leave his job at the penitentiary in 1981. I have to admit, the timing of his leaving gave me pause, as it was the year Carl Harp was tortured and murdered in prison. He also left the priesthood. He died in 2003 at the age of 85. It did seem that there might be some resentment towards Father Bay by those in his Catholic order. I am not sure what this was based on, but there was also much support and admiration for him. I also found a few paragraphs in a book by someone who knew him once, referring to him as Bob Bay. The author said Father Bay went up against the governor of the state of Washington, the the prison administration at Walla Walla, and Washington legislators regarding the treatment of prisoners, making his battle public. My admiration for him increased on reading this. Father Bay smuggled out affidavits from prisoners in Walla Walla describing their injuries and mistreatment. The guards in Walla Walla State Penitentiary did not seem to like Father Bay. Bay said this was because 
with the guards, you either were all with them or you were against them in their minds. He said they were poorly trained, but the guards responded with the fact that most guards at Walla Walla lasted only two weeks. So how could they be trained? They helped to get a commission from the Catholic Church to look into the conditions and violence at Walla Walla State Penitentiary. They suggested replacing untrained guards with those in their early years of service from the state patrol because he felt they had better training and that it would be good to make it a requirement to, if you were in the state patrol to have to serve as a prison guard for one year in your initial service. He said inmates were more comfortable with the state patrol than they were with the volatile and unpredictable guards. Bay was not naive. He had been a social worker for children in Vancouver, Washington during the time when Carl Harp was a toddler there. He was also in the army and achieved the rank of colonel. He saw war and war camps. And he said this is why he knew the way the guards acted at Walla Walla was not professional and incited violence. He was in his late 50s when he served as chaplain at Walla Walla. He described how guards would destroy family photos and personal belongings of prisoners in retaliation. Carl stated in his letters, his art supplies and writing were often destroyed and removed by guards. And after his death, some of Carl's artwork was found in possession of a man working for the Department of Corrections as if it was some kind of trophy for a kill. It was very strange to find that. And then Father Bay disappeared from history. This is a pattern I see repeated over and over again in this story and in life in general. Those who can see an injustice and who have the conviction to stand up to authorities become embattled and are resented by those who like their positions in close proximity with authority. Bay was a witness to the events Carl Harp experienced in prison. He was an advocate for the prisoners. He was a witness to their injuries, plain and simple. He did not like the efforts made to reinvent facts. And why would he? Why would anyone want to stand by and support a specious effort to reinvent history for the corrupt in authority? Father Bay lived by his own moral compass. That's a cool breeze compared to the stagnant air in an exploitive society. A writer said Bay had graduated from Notre Dame and wanted to be a missionary, but instead was sent to teach speech and drama classes at Portland University in Oregon. After his interlude in the military during wartime, he was assigned to Walla Walla State Penitentiary as chaplain. Walla Walla was his missionary work.
but it was also his time of leaving the priesthood. And it seems it was the end of his time in history. He lived for 22 more years after leaving Walla Walla. What did he do during that time? Well, he was 59 years old when he left Walla Walla. And I'm hoping to learn more about his final decades. But I did see a reference that he went back into, or he may have gone back into social work because he worked for the state of Washington Department of uh, Social Services. I think most of those who follow their own moral compass end up encountering some event that tests the strength of their conviction. It's as if they are thrown into an event that contains everything imaginable that would invoke their repulsion. And they are given a choice to either risk losing their position and all they have worked for and stay aligned with what they know is right or turn away from their moral compass and keep their rank. Most turn away. Those who don't turn away make small contributions to the whole. They provide a counterweight to the corruption of those in authority and those who ride on the shirt tails of corruption to catch a tailwind and live in comfort. Keeping your inner compass and providing a counterweight to corruption is an invaluable act, and I would encourage anyone to do it. It may be invisible, but without it, the whole of human history would, like a dark, shapeless form in the night, turn over in its invited satisfaction, and the trajectory of history would be weighted towards the darkness. So Father Bay's mission was successful, even if erased in the written record by those in power. He held tight as the path was raging into darkness. And sometimes that's all you can do, no matter how uncomfortable it may become. So consider listening uh, to a song by David Gilmour of Pink Floyd. It was something that he wrote in 1987. Um, I'm leaving the link um, in the text below the podcast. It's called On the Turning Away. Some of you might be familiar with it. I decided not to include it in the actual podcast itself, just for copyright issues. So anyway, that's all I have for tonight. Good night.